Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and your blessings and provisions. God, thank you for this time. Uh, Lord, help us to reflect on you and remember uh, who you are uh, to us today. Lord, thank you for our listeners. Pray your blessing over them. And this time, in your holy name we pray. Amen. Well, hello, everybody, and happy Thursday, February 8th, 2024. I am Mike Schottel, the Director of Spiritual Wellness and Discipleship with the Topeka Rescue Mission. And today is, as I said, Thursday, February 8th, 2024. Um, just some fun facts. Uh, right before we started, Josh, you uh, you asked me if I knew what today was, and I was like, it's Thursday. And then you said... Still got to no. give you the special days, man. <laughs> yeah, we got the special days. I mean, Barry and Lamanda may not be here, and, and Mary may not be here, but we still got to go off the special days. Absolutely. But it kind of blew my mind of what you said today was. I will always uh, always say, it, this, this is from Google, so, you know... I'm, I'm assuming it's right. Right. Well, and it kind of threw me off because when you were like, yeah, today's Fat Thursday. Have you ever heard of that? And I thought, no, I've heard of Fat Tuesday the day before uh, before Ash Wednesday. But Fat Thursday, it's almost like, you know, we start today and then we go through till Tuesday. So you better, I, you know, I guess so. you better indulge yourself on those wonderful sweets and the punch keys. Uh, mm-hmm. Punch keys actually are not a thing out here mm-hmm. as much as they are back where I'm from in Michigan. So, yeah, today is Fat Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's exactly what you may be thinking. Mm-hmm. So it's time to indulge. You go to go to McDonald's for breakfast. You could go to Wendy's for lunch and then finish off the day by going to Larry's Shortstop for dinner. So, go. yeah. C- celebrate it before Ash Wednesday. Delicious. Just pack your arteries. <laughs> um, it's also Giving Hearts Day. Uh, speaking of arteries, uh, Giving Hearts Day is an opportunity to, do- to donate as much as possible to charity organizations and those in need. It's a great way to show compassion and help those in need. Always a good day. It's always a good day. It's always great to give. Um, Last one. I'm doing a lot of it, and the second thing's not happening. Uh, Laugh and get rich day. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's a day to laugh and enjoy, and the many, oh, it's the many benefits that laughter brings. It doesn't bring in the cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's when you laugh, it helps make you rich. I mean, I could, man, I guess I am rich. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The biggest benefit of laughter is improving our health. Mm-hmm. Uh, laughter helps elevate our mood. It lowers stress and blood pressure. Unless if you're laughing to the point where you can't breathe and then your blood pressure goes through the roof. Correct. Um, which that would not be bad. Folks, you got to remember to breathe if you're laughing because yep. you don't want to pass out. And it also strengthens your immune system. Yeah. You got this off of Google? Got off of Google. Man, I just got done with a really nasty sinus headache and I, I laugh a lot, so... Well, you weren't weren't laughing. I enough. wasn't laughing hard enough. <laughs> In this way, uh, laughter makes us rich because uh, health is wealth, mm-hmm. after all. Yeah. So, Mike, why are you on today? I I don't know. They just trusted us to take over, and we're we're doing that. Uh, we you are have a, you actually have a special word for us. Though, I do don't have you? a special word. Um, it really does my heart well that y'all are trusting me to <laughs> to say stuff and what the Lord's put on my heart. But yeah, I do I do have some stuff to share today, and. Uh, yeah, just wanted to take you guys along for the ride. Um, so one of the things that you can also notice just because of how I'm talking, I do not talk like I am from Kansas. Um, I am from Michigan. I have a very uh, hopefully not thick uh, Michigan accent. My sister's got one. I have a friend that has one really bad, um, but mine I think is probably a little bit more muffled and not noticeable but no, it, I did. It, it comes out every once in a while but not too bad oh well thank you you're welcome yeah they're yeah. thanks 
So with being from Michigan, uh, growing up on the eastern side of the state, my my family moved in 2010 uh, to the western side of the state, so the Kalamazoo area. And if you're ever in the area, um, the Aerospace and Science Museum, also known as the Kalamazoo Air Zoo, is seriously one of the coolest places to visit in Kalamazoo. Um, while I was in college, I had the opportunity to li- uh, to not live there. <laughs> uh, I worked there for a year. Um, let me tell you, that was some of the most incredible, um, some of the most incredible work that I've done. But also as somebody who has a debilitating fear of flying, um, it was still just an absolute blast. Like they would sometimes have us go on tours up in the plane. I'm like, eh, no, no, thanks. I'll I'll stay down on the ground. <laughs> um, so this museum, it's a huge museum. It's it's kind of like the one that we have here in Topeka, mm-hmm. but it's way bigger. Um, so there's hundreds of aeronautical engines uh, dating back from the Wright brothers um, all the way up to one of the last SR-71 Blackbirds in existence. Um, during my time there, I had the opportunity to work alongside some great co-workers, uh, amazing volunteers who had actually flown some of those planes that were on exhibit from World War II um, to the current wars of the U.S. military that they fought in. Um, <laughs> my job... I was not a tour guide. I wasn't any of the, you know, I wasn't given the history at all or anything. I was actually a ride operator. Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, it was also cool because my dad would call me a glorified carny. <laughs> so, yeah, he's like, man, how'd, how'd your carnival job go? I'm like, dad, come on. Um, so I was a ride operator. And what my job entailed to um, was that I would operate and maintain some of the rides in the museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had... Uh, There's a Ferris wheel, an indoor Ferris wheel. Um, What's really cool about this place is everything was indoor. Um, So if the the weather was bad, it was always sunny in 75 at the Kalamazoo Air Zoo. Uh, So we'd have people come in, field trips, families come in. Uh, We actually had a bunch of Amish people come in once for Rumspringa. Man, those rebels, those 16-year-olds just wanting to have fun, they'd come in and do our flight simulators. that was probably the coolest ride. We had a flight simulator that you could do barrel rolls, twist and turns, 360 degrees. Uh, it was four-dimensional, fully immersive. Um, it would follow every every single move that you wanted to do. High-speed climbs, um, engine-cutting nosedives, and as many barrel rolls as, that you wanted to do. Um, that was probably the most fun one. The worst one uh, that I would probably say was... Nobody wanted to get put on it. Um, it's called the Montgolfier Balloon Race, so named after the guy who invented the hot air balloon. Hmm. Uh, it was a large carousel-like ride that would raise and lower around 20 feet, and it'd travel about 10 miles an hour. Um, and everyone hated to be put on this ride because it was known as the protein spiller. Oh. Um, yeah, so death taxes and operating this ride at least once a week was always certain. <laughs> For somebody to for that to happen um i hated that ride i hated working that ride mm. but there was one day in particular where everything changed and it really brought something full circle for me of who i am as a believer who i am as a son of god um as a as a child of the lord god um so i just wanted to share how that day went mm-hmm. for me um and what impact it's left on me. So everybody hold on tight. So it was a it was a June afternoon in Michigan and 
the humidity in Michigan isn't, I wouldn't say it's as bad as here in Topeka, uh, in Kansas, but I mean, when you're breathing in in the humidity, it's like breathing soup. Um, so it was a hot and humid afternoon in Michigan, which normally meant that we'd be busting at the seams and people would be coming in to see our exhibits. But surprisingly, it was a really slow day. Um, there had only been a few times that I'd started the ride up and I was I was doing the, the, the balloon race ride and I had a handful of people get on. Um, so really, if there's anybody who wanted to ride it, I was I was glad to have them on because it was, you know, I'm doing something that actually I was getting paid to do. Um, while I was enjoying some downtime, uh, I saw a man approaching the ride and he was maybe in his late mid to late 30s. He had dark, but he had graying hair. He also had a look of him that he was tired. He was weary of carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders and with him were his two kids, his world. He had a daughter. She was maybe about eight or nine years old. She had dark hair just like her dad's, but it was in a ponytail with a pink scrunchie. Um, I remember all this because I have a photographic memory. There was a son, about six or seven, big, beautiful hazel eyes with a smile that could light up any room. And I could tell that his son was the apple of both of his dad's and his sister's eye. He was so sweet, but he was also really frail. And you could just tell just by the wheelchair that he was in, he had cerebral palsy. Um, when this little boy saw the balloon ride, his eyes lit up and he just began pleading with his dad to ride. And his dad said, I don't know about this, bud. Um, I, don't, I don't do spinning rides and I know your sister does not want to ride. And uh, <laughs> she excitingly replied, oh, no, I do. I want to ride this. If he wants to ride it, I'll, I'll go with him. It'll be fun. So he came over to me and said, so I don't think I can handle riding this, but my kids want to. Is it safe for my son to ride this with his condition? Um, and I was like, yeah, absolutely. We have people that are in wheelchairs all the time. You know, we, we can assist them on. We can assist them off. It's totally safe. Um, I assured him that it was totally safe. Um so, because, it, you know, it's completely handicap accessible. So he proceeded to ask how long the ride was, how fast it went, and I assured him it wasn't fast at all. Um, he told them that uh, they could get on, and I allowed him to get his kids situated onto the ride, and his son was so happy. Uh, he blew his dad a kiss, and he said, I'll see you when I get off. Uh, I escorted the dad back to the waiting area so that he could safely watch his kids ride the ride. So I went back to the uh, control panel, started the ride up, both of the kids are laughing, uh, laughing and waving. Uh, but as soon as it got to the full height and the full speed, that joy and laughter was incredibly short-lived. Um, it was about a minute and a half into the ride. The boy became hysterical and he began to scream. He began to, began to cry with all of the strength that he had. Um, the little girl began to shout for help and the dad ran over to me yelling for me to shut it down. But I had already engaged the kill switch the moment I heard the kid crying. Um, so before the dad even got back, you know, got over to me, he's like, I need you to shut this down. I was like, sir, I need you to remain calm. I cannot have you in here because the ride is still moving. It is not safe for you. But what I can do is I can go over and get your son out. I have to be the one to get him out. He quickly replied, you know, how do I know you can get him? He needs to be lifted out of the ride. I don't know if you're strong enough to help my son. And I just calmly said back to him, I can get him, but I need you to trust me. Do you trust me? 
And I'm not kidding. I felt like Aladdin asking Jasmine in, in, in that one Disney movie uh, while they were getting onto the, the, the magic carpet. And I said, do you trust me? And he said, yeah, man, I trust you. Just please help him. And by that time, the ride had stopped spinning and it was on its way back down to the starting position. And while the girl was trying to comfort her brother, she tearfully pushed me away and said, no, he needs my dad. My dad's the only one who knows how to help him. He's stronger than you. Like, man, what way to get humbled by a 10 year old? <laughs> yeah. It's like, back off, man. You can't pick him up. My dad's the only one that can. So I, I just looked at her and I said, look, my name's Mike and I know you're scared, but I'm going to have to be the one to get your brother out. And I need you to trust me. I promise I will take good care of him. Do you trust me? And immediately... She just had a piece come over. She looked at her brother, held his head in her hands, and she said, this is Mike, and he's going to help you. I promise I won't let anything bad happen to you. And with tears in my eyes, I said the same thing to him. I said, buddy, I know you're scared. And this ride is a little shaky and it's a little uneasy, but I need you to gather up all the strength you have just for a moment and hold tight to my arms. Once I have a good footing... So this ride doesn't shake. I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to take you over to your dad, okay? Do you trust me? And I was humbled once again by a beautiful boy saying with a smile on his face, yeah, I trust you, but you're not as strong as my dad. Mm. Please don't drop me. He did such an awesome job grabbing my arms for support. And with the strength that he had, and as soon as I had the footing, I picked him up and carried his body over to his dad, who was crying tears of joy. As I handed the boy over to his father, he planted the little boy, not the dad, <laughs> planted a big wet kiss on my cheek. And he said, thanks, Mike, you are strong. It's like, yes, I did it. So what does this have anything to do with a devotional? If I can speak for all of us, we may have something going on in our lives that feels uneasy, too fast, or just downright chaotic. Life is certain to have its twists and its turns, and while we may feel like it's going to be an easy ride, we wake up hysterically asking for help. Just like that family was facing chaos and the fear of feeling helpless, we also can be witness of that mess unfolding in our lives. There's two passages that come to my mind, and as cliche and well-known as they are, sometimes the most well-known passages are the ones that we need to be reminded of. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I love this passage because it puts into perspective how important it is to trust in the Lord. King Solomon, he wrote this advice to his son, pointing out the importance of trusting in the Lord with absolutely everything you have. Solomon is literally saying, hey, don't be leaning on anything you know because you're going to fall flat on your face. Lean all of your weight on him. What this looks like is if I were to put all of my weight on a chair with a broken leg, 
what's going to happen. That chair is going to snap and I'm going to fall and I'm going to bite it hard. And then everybody watching is first going to laugh and then ask (laughs) if I'm okay. Leaning on God and fully trusting him is like putting all of your weight on him with hopes that his strength is going to keep you up. And here's the kicker. His footing, his strength is always certain. Even when you're facing the most insane turmoil, his strength and grace is always sufficient and you will get through it. And that's what brings me to the next passage, Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. Paul writes, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This passage is so pure with a promise that I can't do anything but smile that every time I read it, the church of Philippi was in this area that was heavily influenced by the Roman culture. Of course, they were feeling anxious because they were They had the world's strongest empire at the time, breathing down their necks. Paul was lifting them up, telling them, look, I know there's a lot of pressure on you right now, but just keep seeking the Lord. Keep thanking him for what he is giving you and what he is doing through you. Draw closer to him, just like those who have come before us. He will grant you the peace. And though you won't even know how to explain it, I promise you that the peace will be there. Friends, this goes for us as well. There's times of uncertainty right now. I know the enemy is at large. He plays dirty and he's a bully. But guess what? We serve a God who is bigger than our enemy. We serve a God whose strength is our hope. And he is in the business of showing favor to those who call upon him. Whatever you're facing at work, whatever you're facing in your community, whatever you're facing at home, whatever you're facing in your life that you just can't tell anybody about because you feel like you're going to be a burden. Guess what? The Lord is mighty. The Lord is strong. The Lord's footing is sure. The Lord's got this. He sees you and he hears you. So because of that, call upon him. Ask him to flip the switch so that he can come in and grab you off of this ride. That he can make this ride, this chaos ride, just a little bit more calm. Call upon him in your time of need and he'll push that button and get you to safety. But once he pushes that button and gets you to safety, all you need to do is trust in him. And hold on tight. Well, everybody, I'm really glad that I could share my heart. I could share just a little snippet of what my life would, what my wife would call my Forrest Gump moments. Um, Just being around those who need to be loved, need to be trusted, but they're not necessarily Forrest Gump moments. It's Holy Spirit moments. Hmm. He puts you in these situations for you to be the love of Christ, to meet people's needs where they're at. Whatever it is that you're facing, you're not doing it alone. 
you've got a community, you have you have people who care about you. And if you have even a, a prayer request, we have means to be able to pray for you. So if you have something that you want to share, you can message us on Facebook. You can message us through our website at trmonline.org. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please uh, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to rate or share. But we are here for you. If you are in our community, if you are, it uh, doesn't matter if you're here in Topeka, here in Kansas, or if you're listening in California, Washington, or shoot, even if you're like, let's say in Nepal, if you need prayer, we're here for you. We're here to walk alongside of you. And we're here to show you that there is a love and a peace that surpasses all understanding. So may you all be blessed. May you all seek his face. And may you all have your storm calmed. It's been a pleasure, everybody. Thank you very much. <laughs>